A means to an end. A method to the madness. Utilitarianism. The dynamics of the right and wrong when the desired outcome is achieved or believed to be correct. Actions, when we get what we want, it's okay, but to the dismay of those who may think or feel different. Who's to say? The beneficiary of the benefactor, what's benefactor is society will riot. See, when the result forces battery. Trojan horse your way through this door, upheaval still evil, and for those desires, what an eyesore. The questions societies ask to which we wander and ponder. This is your podcast, Black in a Minute. Power, 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 power. What's up, what's up, everybody? What's good? What's power? This is the Black in a Minute podcast, and I am Nero Angelo. And I go by the Dark King Poet. That's Dark Skin with a G on the end. Yes, sir. So, what we gonna talk about today is a concept of... Really, it's more of a question. Do the ends justify the means? And um, one thing that I will say, a, a term, if we want to attach a term to it that's more relevant, is uh, the term of utilitarianism. Uh, utilitarianism is defined as the doctrine that actions are right if they are useful or for the benefit of a majority. <clears throat> or, as a subset, the doctrine that an action is right insofar as it promotes happiness and that the greatest happiness of the greatest number should be the guiding principle of conduct. So, more or less the concept of the needs and the many over the needs of the few. Um, we're going to get a little deeper into that uh, in a bit, but you had a story that you want to talk about, which goes a little bit more with our core question. Sure. Um, you know, in, in essence, it does. It can be viewed as an example of, a di- of the dynamic of, you know, a means to an end. Right. Um, or utilitarianism utilitarianistic principles and that is the recent situation that happened with the Dunkin Donuts worker mm-hmm. um, and one of the customers basically essentially what happened was a customer came into a Dunkin Donuts establishment and one thing led to another and the situation escalated to where the Dunkin Donuts customer was yelling the n-word at a black employee of the Dunkin Donuts and in retaliation he struck the customer who just happened to be a 77 year old man and the man lost his balance after getting struck and hit his head on the floor and died now I don't know if it's been confirmed or not so I won't say that it's confirmed but there's a lot of stories going around suggesting that this man will be charged for manslaughter, the employee who right. struck the man after he called him the N-word. And the thing is, is that, you know, 
when it comes to the ends justifying the means, you know, we have to dissect it, at least put it in the framework of the situation. You know, the means was essentially, you know, the racial slurs and the back and forth, you know, repeatedly, because apparently he said it more than once. Right. And the end result of that was now he's lost his life. And on the flip side, the gentleman may possibly, air quotes, be getting charged uh, something serious for this situation. I think he actually ended up in jail. I'm not sure if he's out on bond yet or not, or what that situation part of it is. Um, The story's still developing, but the matter here is that usually in the dynamics and the duality of these situations, there can be two acts, there can be two viewpoints that are parallel to each other that can be discussed at the same time without invalidating either side. Right. On one end of the spectrum, you can see the wrongness in the customer calling him the racial slur, the N-word. On the other end of the spectrum, you can look at it like, you know, why, while he was on the job, did he choose to strike this man, this old man in the face? Right. So there's two ways you can look at it, and there's two consequences to both actions associated with it. Right. Uh, the interesting thing that I noticed is that, like, like I said, you see a lot of things where, like, one of the first things that somebody says that I see on the list is, he innocent, we've been killed for less, free him, you know. And this is a culture one, talk. Right, right. One, one that we both talked about. Um, that you actually said, and I didn't realize it was a comment, said, dang, imagine being bold enough to repeat a racial slur and it end up being your last word. You know, you hate to see it. But in all truth, we have to stop assuming that two things are not mutually exclusive. Okay, and what I mean by that is that you can you can be justified in an action and still be criticized and scrutinized based on how you act upon that feeling the feeling is justified absolutely no one should disrespect you like that no one disturbs no one deserves to be disrespected in that way especially when you're at your job and all you're trying to do is make your money and move on you know and you're trying to conduct yourself or should be trying to conduct yourself in a professional manner um however the conduct the actions the way that you doing the way that you are conducting yourself and what you doing is not okay like that's not that shouldn't be your first idea of yo i'm about to punch this dude in the face like i'm gonna show him the error of his ways today you know what i mean he gonna learn today or whatever you want to think about it um the problem with that is that you have made no substantive change in the way that that man thought about you because he's no longer with us um even if he was you've done nothing to convince him that you're more deserving of respect that your position is more deserving of verification and i'm not saying that we have to work to 
validate or verify ourselves to these racists and to these white supremacists. Don't ever get me twisted. We owe them no explanations for why we are entitled to basic human rights because they are basic human rights, okay? Because I already know somebody might have that mindset of saying, well, you think that we just supposed to, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to just up and yeet somebody in the face, like just crack somebody in the face, especially knowing that there are older gentlemen, an older man or older woman or whoever, um, even a younger person. But in this, for, for this case, a person who is older, elderly, whatever. And that to be your first reaction. That's and, not. And it be, and I mean, I mean, look at the setting too. I mean, you're, you're at work. work. Yeah. Um, I think situational awareness would have definitely been uh, key in a type of situation as such. I'm sure we've all been at work and been pressed to some degree. I right. mean, some of us have even been either called a racial slur mm-hmm. or have had offensive jokes or other remarks in relation to race yeah. thrown at us. I know I definitely have, and uh, I've, I'm sure I've, you have too. I've had I've had some that were not so much, and we kind of talked about this in a pod, I think. I mean, not about uh, in the live, I think, but I've had some that weren't so much um, racially motivated or necessarily nefarious in nature but that were honestly just from a place of ignorance and once again not understanding your situation and people just blurting stuff out and thinking that it's funny or thinking that it's cute to say and it really isn't um with that being said we're not gonna sit here and exonerate that that elderly gentleman as well um because to be perfectly honest you got no business saying stuff like that to somebody especially when they are working especially when they are at the job look we got to give each other due respect um i had a i had a i had a friend associate from uh from usi um and she was a very religious woman um and one thing she would always say either in the midst of a prayer or in the midst of just whatever conversation, she would always say that you owe no man nothing more than to love them. And by that, that means, at least my perception of that was, you owe nothing more to any other human being than the basic level of respect that should be afforded to every human being, based on the fact that you are an individual, you know? So with that being said, with that being known, you have to give people the right amount of respect that you will want uh, reciprocated to you. Because, I mean, you practically inviting trouble. And I think that some people who are in those type of situations, I could definitely call this a side effect of white supremacy, is that you get in a position to where you believe you have an immunity or you believe that you can say things comfortably that are disrespectful or incendiary to black people or to people of color or to people who are in other marginalized groups because we see it a lot a lot of these people feel very galvanized to say these things because they believe that in our current society and the way in which our current society is structured that 
you know, ain't nobody gonna say nothing, ain't nobody gonna do nothing, I'm sorry to tell you, the, the social stance has changed, you know, now, at the same time, that does not mean that this is an accurate response, there are other ways to handle individuals like that, you can either walk away and remove yourself from the situation, or use your words if you really have to say if you really feel the need to do something say something you know let a manager know get corporate involved utilize the tools that you have at hand because i mean even if this is out in the streets look walk away leave it alone bro because a lot of these same individuals especially when they are of elderly age they are so dogmatically stuck on whatever it is that they believe and whatever it is that they feel that they quote unquote know to be true about any specific subject, especially concerning race with a lot of them, that nothing you do is going to convince them otherwise. That is a conclusion that they're going to have to come to on their own. But um, that's all I pretty much got to say about that particular subject. Um, we're going to go ahead and have a word from our sponsors. Um, now that we've covered what I would consider a more, uh, macro, no, I mean, micro level of what we would consider to be whether the end justifies the means, like begging that question. Um, now we're going to cover or really talk about things like that on a macro level, i.e. the concept of utilitarianism. Um... Not that there's really any specific, like, real-life uh, examples. Actually, there is. There is. Um, I know you've probably heard about the uh, gas shortages that were occurring in Florida because of that pipeline. Um, and the fact that there are, or, well, were and are people that have been going to gas stations as a result of the perceived scarcity and, like, filling up entire gas cans like you know i literally gas cans. during break i literally saw an article about a hummer that caught on fire because somebody like was hoarding a bunch of gas and put it in the bag i don't know maybe the heat yeah, caused it it's probably but, uh because you know it's hot it's very hot down there but yeah that just goes to the extremities and the consequences right um there was one thing that i said once um when i was talking to it but uh, when i was talking about it uh to my lady and i was like yo scarcity produces demand or more specifically scarcity increases and further exacerbates demand yeah and uh uh desperate behavior yeah desperate times calls for desperate measures um one thing we have to consider is that a whole lot of things a whole lot of conflicts over the course of our history, over the course of uh, human history, have been fought over natural resources. Uh, there have been a lot of fictional concepts that have been built up surrounding that. I mean, a good case in point is, uh, if you remember the old Transformers series, like the old one from the 80s, that was a concept of a conflict based on a scarcity of a resource. Uh, because the conflict was primarily over a fuel source and it was reflective of the uh, oil races and things of that nature and conflicts of that nature back in the 80s late 80s um so this is not a new subject this is not a new concept 
However, um, it is interesting that in situations like this, especially in situations where we're in a pandemic, this should be a situation where the concept of utilitarianism should be in full effect, where people are looking towards the needs of the many and are being willing to either compromise or come up with different um, solutions or ways or methods to do what they want to do and still be respective of other people's spaces. You, you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of that until it's mandated. You know what I mean? Um, perfect case in point is the cases with the mask. I know that there are a lot of people that have issues with that. For me, it's just a formality. It is a form of utilitarianism. Yes, I have to inconvenience myself in order to increase the probability or decrease the probability in this case of you or someone else getting sick, right? I'm sacrificing something for the, the quote-unquote greater good. Um, and to some degree, I feel like with the uh, vaccinations and the way they're being pushed, it's a form of utilitarianism, but it's almost weaponized because now they're trying to say that, oh, well, since you have the vaccine, you can now be around folks. You can now not have to wear a mask. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. But if you haven't done this then you have to adhere to these principles and you better do it you know which i don't feel like is true utilitarianism uh or utilitarian behavior because utilitarian behavior usually covers the whole as opposed to really being something that is used to monetize something you know um and that's kind of a big issue for me um how do you feel about it I mean, as far as, um, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to just the concept of utilitarianism in general, I think that if the desired outcome is one rooted in something positive for all, I think a case can be made to argue uh, for the means, the, the methods. Right. But when it comes to things that are inherently negative or detrimental to many divisive, you know, mm -hmm. you can definitely go against it. So I guess it really comes down to what the actual ends is. What are the results you're trying to achieve? Right. And how do you define your results as being uh, optimal, desirable, or morally right. Because it kind of depends on what metric you're using and, and what you're using as your proverbial measuring stick. Um, and these are a lot of questions that have to just be taken into account because, I mean, we're literally talking about human lives. We're literally talking about situations where someone can potentially suffer if proper action is not taken. And I think the overwhelming confusion that surrounds what has been considered a proper action 
and it's suddenly not considered a proper action and so on and so forth back and forth and this just back and forth indecisiveness uh, amongst the powers that be has created a situation where people are becoming frustrated they're becoming very either very complacent somewhat fatalistic um i've heard a lot of people say well if i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it you know i don't care anymore right um so we're seeing a case in which societal or societally mandated individualism i like to come up with terms um is playing a role it's playing a role because a lot of us have what i've heard said as the me my four and no more mentality which basically dictates that whatever and whoever is in your immediate vicinity your immediate sphere of influence is who you place prime importance in you know um and it is a very slippery slope to end up on it's a very difficult question to ask yourself it's a very difficult decision to make i'm not going to pretend like this is easy or simple because it's not it's really not and that's okay it's okay that it's not simple it's okay that it's not just a base level argument where we just come up with one word and say yeah yeah this is okay this is the way we should do it and just be done because not everything in life is that way you know what i mean some things some of the most important things involve very hard and very difficult decisions they involve making choices that we may not be personally comfortable with or saying and or doing things or refraining from saying and doing things that we think is right for us to say or that we're justified in saying or doing but it may not benefit the whole you know i feel like this is a learning experience for all of us something that we can all look back on and really reflect and truly be like you know this is something that we as people had to learn. You know, for sure. I'm definitely a strong believer of the concept that nothing happens for no reason. Everything has a purpose, even if that purpose is not immediately understood. Or just because that purpose doesn't make sense to us doesn't mean it's not a reason. Just a train of thought. I really feel like a lot of us as people, especially the American people, we've needed this as a wake-up call. And I think the biggest thing about it is, and, and what's so crazy to me, is the fact that the black community at large in America is still suffering grievous amounts of violence, even in the midst of a pandemic. That is insane to me. Like, I don't understand that. I, I truly don't understand that. Um, but just like the situation we talked about before, it lends credence to the concept that some people 
can just not be swayed by logic. Some people are just gonna believe the way that they wanna believe, they're gonna think the way that they wanna think, and they're gonna take that to the grave. Sometimes literally. Some people are primarily more so uh, emotionally driven. Very much so. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're more feeling person. Everything is predicated or comes back to, circles back to how they feel about a particular situation or person. Right. And if that's the guiding force or the sole guiding force in your argument, that probably means that it's time to start reformatting your argument. Like, seriously. Um, not to try to end on a dark note, but seriously, I think that this is something that should be talked about. Um, a lot of us have our personal misgivings about a lot of things. And it has become very popular for people to latch on to whatever the popular belief is or the popular status quo is and just take that and run with it. But what we don't understand is that concepts like um, institutional racism, um, white supremacist behaviors and tenants and things that do socially incapacitate and inconvenience black people and various other minorities start at that level it starts at the level of non-consideration um and then using fallacious arguments to convince themselves that they're doing what's right for the whole which is not true if we are not counted amongst that whole but anyway we're not going to keep y'all long um we definitely had a very detailed discussion about this in the uh live stream so definitely check it out on youtube oh yeah go ahead peep that like but, comment um, subscribe please do please do we're getting more subscribers, man. We, we we trying to make it to that hundo. Yes, sir. Let's make it happen. Um, but anyway, this is the Black and Minute Podcast. Um, if you don't know where to find us, let us know. We're available on Facebook. We are available on YouTube. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much every major podcast platform. Yep. So we are definitely accessible. For sure. Um, All you got to do is type in the Black in a Minute podcast. That's pretty much what our name is everywhere. Yep. And we'd love to talk to you. So I have been Nero Angelo. And I am the Dark Skin Poet. And this is the Black in a Minute podcast sponsored by Twyman Art. Peace out. Power.